Welcome, listeners. I'm Justin Makarevich, Associate Director of Employer Relations at the Graduate Career Management Center of the Zickman School of Business at Baruch College. Thanks for tuning into this episode. Thank you very much for uh, tuning in to the GCMC podcast in this episode. Uh, eager to talk with our um, MS Information Systems Data Science uh, Concentration um, uh, alum, David Freitag. David, thanks so much for making the time, for being here and, um, and talking with students uh, now that you're an alum. Yeah, Justin, thanks for having me. Yeah. So before we sort of dive into um, this article that you had posted and this content channel on LinkedIn, um, I would love for you to introduce yourself and your background really quickly for listeners. Yeah, so I'm David Freitag, um, and like Justin said, I went to Baruch, and I graduated in the spring of 2021, and I did the MSIS with a concentration in data analytics, uh, and I am currently a data engineer at a company called American Family Insurance, mm -hmm. uh, but my story is that I, I used to be a high school English teacher, and I That's did that crazy. for, yeah, I did that for six years. I am from Wisconsin originally. I grew up in Wisconsin. I went to college in Wisconsin. I taught high school English. Um, for six years, and then I moved to New York. Um, I spent a couple of years working at a tech startup, and then I wanted to pivot my career, and so I went to mm -hmm. uh, I went to Baruch for grad school, and that was that was the ticket that that you know taught me what I needed to learn and, and helped me uh, change my career path. Now, why did you decide you wanted to change that career path from teaching into doing data engineering or data data driven decision making, whatever it might be? Yeah, so I I started out. As, as a teacher and there are parts of teaching that I like, I really loved. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe we'll even talk more on the podcast about like kind of teaching related things I'm doing now, but yeah, um, I, like, you know, if you have any friends, if anybody listening to this has any friends who are teachers, you know, teaching can be kind of a, a stressful career. Yeah. Um, and depending where you teach, the pay can be not so great. And so I was thinking, you know, as I was having my quarter life crisis and I was like, I want to try <laughs> something different and, uh, and so I, I, I started looking for other jobs and I got hired to work at a, a tech startup in New York City. And that was how I ended up in New York. Um, and, and when I worked at this tech startup, I was, I was basically paid to teach our, like the clients. Interesting. Who, yeah. Who, so people would purchase this, this digital marketing software and then I would teach them how to use it, teach them how mm -hmm. to run marketing campaigns and things like that. Um, and it was, I, I really like, I, I did that job because it felt like a really natural progression out of teaching and I wanted to get my foot in the tech world. Um, and then COVID hit and hmm. the company is a, is a startup. And so like half of our clients quit in the same month um, oh and the company started to go out of business. And we, we thought it was like, the, everybody was like, oh my God, it's the next great recession. Right. And they, were, they were like, look, we don't need you to teach people. We need you to like sell we need you to become a salesperson and get us new business. And mm. uh, sales is definitely not my thing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, all right, I've, I've been thinking about like my next career move. Uh, now might be the time uh, to, to make a, a switch. So I, I had a friend at the company who was a data scientist and I was like, oh my God, I love Peter's job. It sounds so cool. I want to do that. And I talked to a bunch, I talked to him. I talked to a bunch of other people who were data scientists and they had all gone to graduate school. And I was like, okay. okay. This is what I need to do. I need yeah. to figure out how to get myself into a graduate program. I need to learn all kinds of things, and and that's it. That's what I have to do. Um, and so and so I looked for graduate programs in New York City, and Baruch is at the top of my list because it was very affordable. Hmm. Um, and so, you know, so I went to the University of Wisconsin for undergrad, and you get okay. in-state tuition. Yeah. 
Um, and, I, and I graduated with with no student debt, which was right. I know is like amazing in this day and age. And, and, you know, I was really lucky. I got a bunch of scholarships and I had good jobs and things like that. But I was like, all right, I, you know, I want to do the same thing for my graduate degree. I want to, you know, go in state, so to speak. And I know like the city university of New York is that's what it is for New York city. And, uh, and so Baruch was also offering, you know, the master, everything was online because of COVID. And I was like, okay, mm -hmm. I can get, I can get like the in-state tuition. I can do this whole degree from my, from my bedroom. Um, and I could be, you know, I could be in and out in, in like two semesters. And that's what I did for my degree. Right. I did, I did two semesters and I was, um, and it was a really intense period of my life, uh, where like, I, I was just like drinking from the fire hose of knowledge every day, but it was, <laughs> but it was like, I, in a year I like transformed my career and, and like my life looked very different as soon as, you know, like after I, I got out of the program and, and it was like, I, I accomplished the goal that I set out to do. And it was really like, um, Baruch was of course very important in, in helping make that happen. So impressive. Wow. I mean, you made that happen for yourself, David, obviously, Baruch was just sort of there as an opportunity, but wow, just to hear that experience, that background, I'd never even thought of the way that you put together the teaching part and how those skills ended up uh, bringing you into, um, into sort of this, 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 it, it's kind of universal. So not only in the role you had at the tech firm, but, you know, I'm, I'm kind of seeing now this whole tie of teaching and your new content channel, in fact. Um, and I would love to hear a little bit about why you decided to start um, to sort of start that new content channel around data engineering and uh, and these roles. Yeah, so I so I was a teacher. I did that. I yeah. know what that's like. Um, but I don't want to be a teacher anymore. Not for my career, my main career. Like I want to be a data engineer, and I really love being a data engineer. Yeah. But there's still a part of me that that has like the teaching bug. Like I right. really, I, I really still enjoy teaching. Like it's it's something you know. Like there's a reason I went into that. Um, exactly. So something I've been doing like on the side for about mm -hmm. the last year or so is I've been tutoring online. Okay. And I tutor data science and data engineering. And it's mostly like most of my tutoring students are graduate students. Interesting. Um, yeah. And they're doing, they're basically people who, you know, I have, a, I have a profile on a tutoring website and they, they are doing master's programs very similar to like the one that I did at Baruch. Okay. And they're looking for somebody who's a couple years ahead of them and who has industry experience who can help them get through the program. Um, and so that's been like kind of my, my side gig is, is doing, a like this, this tutoring on the side and basically teaching people what I learned in graduate school. Um, and, and a quick shameless plug, if you're, if you're listening to this and you're interested in having me as a tutor, if you're a Baruch student, send me a, a, a message on LinkedIn and I'll give you a discount. Okay. Uh, if you, if you want to, if you want to sign up for tutoring with me, but Anyway, so I, uh, I've been doing this and it's, it's been, it's been fun. It's been like a nice little side gig. And I was like, you know, it would be great. I'm, I'm only tutoring one person at a time. Uh, what if I taught like a class to lots of people? You know, I used to teach like 200 high school kids a day. Like, I think I can handle teaching like, you know, data engineering stuff online to, right. to adults and, and, you know, people who are already in the industry or trying to change careers or something like that. But it's like, if I, you know, if I want people to be willing to sign up for a class with me or to pay to take a class with me, they have to know I exist. They have to trust me as a teacher. I have to have credibility. And so I'm, I'm creating a lot of writing. Most of it's like on LinkedIn or connected to LinkedIn. And then I'm mm -hmm. putting things out on YouTube. So I'm teaching what I know. And my goal is to become, I want to be like, okay, this David is a source of knowledge for data mm -hmm. engineering stuff, right? 
he has credibility. People can see like, what is it? What would it be like if I took a class with David? Well, I can watch a YouTube video and see. Um, and my goal is, you know, I want to run a class of my own and I'm not even sure exactly what that would be yet. Right. Um, and there are other people out there in kind of like the software engineering, data science, data engineering world who are, who are doing basically this. There's, uh, there's a guy named Zach Wilson who, hmm. who runs like a class for like mid-career data engineers. Okay. Um, you know, and, and, and so I look at other people doing this. I'm like, wow, wouldn't it be great? You know, I could kind of combine, you know, like this, this like I, I really love my current career path and I have like this passion for teaching. And it, it feels like this great like mix of all these things that I that I really like to do and that I, I think I'm relatively good at. And so um, that's that's the vision. That's what I want to try to do. That's great. So let's go through your article. Again, the article is, um, and we'll obviously have a link to it in the description of this episode. Um, but the article um, called Entry-Level Data Engineer Roadmap. So what spurred that? Take us through your idea about, about putting that together because it's incredibly dense. It's super structured. Um, and it really is a roadmap, and I'd love to hear about um, about that journey and that process. Yeah, so I so I'm you know I have like a LinkedIn profile, and I put on there you know I have like some info about me mm -hmm. and people who are changing careers, particularly if they're coming from teaching, will mm -hmm. will reach out to me and they'll say like, hey, can I do like a twenty minute coffee chat with you? I just want to pick your brain, like you know. And they ask me about um, you know about my career path and things I learned, and you know some of the stuff we're talking about today. Yeah. Um, and people I talk to who want to become data engineers, like sometimes they're data analysts, sometimes there's somebody, you know, doing something else entirely. And they're like, I don't even know where to start. Hmm. Maybe they're not like totally ready to like jump into graduate school or they're like, you know, they, they, they just like are looking for like, can somebody like, give, you know, show me a map. Like, I really want to <laughs> know what would this look like if I were to try to do this? Um and so, you know, like multiple people have asked me that question and I've had that conversation with people. And so I took kind of like my notes from other times I've had this discussion, like, here's what you should learn, like your step one, your step two. Um, and I put it into like a, like a, like an article with a set of resources and it has links, which are in my opinion, like the best places to learn all of these kind of different skills. Um, and a lot of this, by the way, are things, these are things that I learned at Baruch in classes that I took at Baruch. Okay. Um, you know, and, and, and I've structured this as almost like a, like a, like a, a, a start to finish syllabus. And I know the courses at Baruch are more like thematic, but, um, you know, this isn't all this stuff is, you know, it's things you could learn on the internet, but it's also things that you would learn in like an MSIS graduate program. Right. And, and yeah, and, 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 it, and it really plugs from a technical perspective, like what students can do to, um, to really beef up their technical skills to this one really great section, which I'd love to hone in on is, um, is about students creating their own projects. So if we go to that sort of section, cause that's really entrepreneurial, can you walk through what it was like for you to create your first project? Like, how did you get this idea in, in your minds that, you know what, David, you have to create a project for yourself so that you can put that on your resume and, and, and talk and hopefully have an opportunity to talk about it. Yeah. So, so I'll say two things. One is that I did a project through um, like the data warehousing class. I'm not sure if that's still the title of it, but when I took it, okay. I took a data warehousing class at Baruch and the professor for that class had us do a project that was like the, we worked on it all semester. And that project became the project that I talked about in my interviews when I was applying for data engineering jobs. And I came up with, you know, like my idea for that 
project is part of that class. Okay. Um, and I think I even linked it, linked to it in the, in the yeah. article. And it was like, it's basically like, it's just in, in data engineering, it's called an ETL pipeline. It's basically moving data from point A to point B. And point B is, is a, is a, an analytic data warehouse that you can then connect out to other things like a, like a Tableau BI dashboard. Um, and basically, you know, you, you want to be able to show that you can set all of this up because you can then talk about it to an employer. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that's, there's this project I did when I was at Baruch, and that was hugely uh, useful for when I was applying to jobs. And, and I think that, that like that project, I know what I did for that project. My current boss told me, he's like, oh, you did that? Well, that's basically what we do every day here. So wow. I know you can do the job. Um, so, so there's that project, but I would also say, uh, I, I have since kind of done other projects just for fun on my own. And if you, if you pick a project topic, if you're like somebody who, who's like writing code, um, if you pick something that you're intrinsically interested in, you will fall down the rabbit hole and hmm. you learn so much. And this is like, I'm not the only person who's going to say this. There are lots of people who say this. They're like, if you pick something you're interested in, you will just kind of naturally become a sponge for all kinds of like information that will help you accomplish whatever this like goal for a project that you're trying to build out is. And so like I have other projects on like GitHub, like I did this one project, which was basically I, I built like a streaming data pipeline that kind of it's, it's almost like creating like a carbon copy of Reddit, the online forum website. And I was uh -huh. like streaming comments and posts from that. And that was so fascinating to me. I learned a ton of things that I would never have otherwise like touched in my day job. Um, and so I would say, you know, to anybody who's, who's looking to, to, to learn, finding some project you're really interested in, uh, that is what's going to, it's going to cause you to be incredibly motivated and right. go above and beyond to, to learn things on your own that maybe you wouldn't even learn in your classes that you wouldn't even do in a, in a regular job that'll really level up your skills. That's great. And, and David, when you talked about your projects, I guess, in interviews, do you remember what the interviewers like wanted to hear and what they really wanted to take away from your describing the work you did on them? Yeah. So I think there's, there's a couple things that hiring managers are looking for. There's like a, yep. at a baseline level, they're like, okay, does this person have a foundation of technical skills? Like, were they able to learn enough in their graduate program or whatever it is that I know they can do the job. Mm -hmm. So you have to be able to, when you do a project on your portfolio, like, Hiring managers don't have time to like look at it. They want you to talk about it in the interview and you have to be able to talk about it in enough technical detail. And they'll say like, tell me all the technical details. Like, don't hold back. I, you know, I want to hear that. Hmm. Um, and so it's like one piece is like, okay, can this person really do the job? That seems obvious. Um, the second piece, which is maybe not so obvious is something that, that hiring managers are looking for is like, did you encounter problems, hmm. challenges right. along the way? And if you did, how did you deal with addressing those? How did you solve those challenges? How did you like, how did you teach yourself? How did you utilize resources around you? How did you look for more information? And they want to see like, are you resourceful? Because especially in a role like being a data engineer, like a lot of what I do, like not only have I, have, I've never done it, but nobody on my team has ever done it before. It's like bleeding <laughs> edge new, which is super interesting, but it also means like you're going to run into problems. Right. Can you be resourceful? Like, do you know how to solve problems that you've never seen before, that nobody else around you has never seen, like ever seen before? And so they want to know, like, can you can you be resourceful? Can you think? Are you motivated to like chase down solutions? Mm -hmm. um, and that's important to communicate through how you talk about your project. 
and, and, and sometimes it's interesting, candidates actually, they, they're fearful about talking about problems that they've encountered instead of actually embracing the fact that people want to hear about them and get a sense of how you overcame them, whatever you did to then fix any, any bugs or issues. And, um, and it's interesting how sometimes it can't just be always a perfect story. The problems are actually the gold. Absolutely. And it's like, you know, in any kind of job, like you are going to have problems, you are going to run into issues, you know, and you see things like, oh, it's not, you know, it's not about how many times you succeed. It's about, it's about failing and learning from failure. And like that, you know, it sounds like a lot of cliche advice, but like, this is what it means specifically. It means you encountered a challenge. You did not solve it. You tried to work through it. Even if you didn't figure out the solution, like, are you resourceful enough? Are you kind of like aggressive enough at problem solving to, to attack it and, and not just throw your hands up and say, well, I don't know. And, you know, and like, yeah. that's something that, that like hiring managers are looking for in somebody they want on their team. Totally. You know, you mentioned also a couple of things about, um, about, um, you know, Baruch and how it impacted you, which is, which is really great. If you're looking back at David and I think it was probably then you graduated in 21, but you started your degree in 2020. Is that right? Yeah, I started September 2020. I graduated in May 2021. Okay. So, you know, like looking back on, um, on David in September 2020, um, on what you've learned starting your degree, graduating, et cetera, what do you wish you had known back then when you were a student that you know now? Yeah, this is, this is a really great question that I know you, you sent me before we started yeah. talking and I, and I, I really kind of struggled to, to come up with exactly what to say there were there were I would say there's there are a lot of things that I was lucky I think to learn along the way yeah and and these can be this you know these are just like different technical things or things that I just learned about like navigating like what's the difference between a data scientist and a data engineer I Mm. went to graduate school and I was like oh I want to be a data scientist and I had never even heard of data engineering until I was in my graduate classes and learning some of those skills so some of it was like things that I just I, I had learned, I think, just naturally through like being in an environment where you're surrounded by other people on like a degree journey. Yeah. Um, if there's something that like I wish I had done more of. Yeah. Uh, you know, that, that, that I didn't do and that I would tell somebody to do and to don't make this mistake I made. I wish I had found more role models going into this. Um, so, for example, like I talked to a couple of data scientists before I went to graduate school, but I got my first data engineering job. And I, I had never even like talked to any data engineers before I did this. I was, you know, I, (laughs) I read, and it seems ridiculous to say that out loud now. And I'm like, but you know, like I had taken classes, you know, in those skills, I read job descriptions, I'd done projects. So I felt like I knew what I was getting into, but like, I really wish I had, I had done more reconnaissance and talked to some more people or like tried to find people. And I did some of this eventually, like find people who were a couple of years ahead of me who went to Baruch, Mm -hmm. you know, I did that kind of thing. I met some of those people like through GBAP, people who were like GBAP alums. Um, yep. You know, that was, that was like a good resource for me, but I wish I had done more of it. Um, and so, and so also like, I am kind of trying to be a relatively publicly visible role model for other people who want to be, you know, data engineer. Like, well, what does it look like? David's done it. I guess I can right. you know, take a look at him. Right. So what's next? What's, what do you foresee kind of a next, um, next piece of content that, that, that you're probably going to be working on or have already maybe started or, or thinking about? Yeah, I think my, like my plan right now is I'm building out like a, like a sequel tutorial series. So oh, wow. I'm, I'm like halfway through like the intermediate 
uh, like SQL, I don't know. It's just, it, you know, it's just, it's like a checklist of the, of the things that, that you should know if you're going to, um, you know, whatever, like write SQL in any kind of a job, even like a, like a data analyst job. Um, part of it is like, I, I want to make sure I, I get good at like creating YouTube videos and like, I need to kind of step back into the role of like being a teacher. Um, there are tons of like SQL tutorials out there. So I'm not like, you know, like expecting lots of people to go, you know, David's tutorial is so great, but, um, (laughs) I'm kind of like, I want to, you know, I want to start somewhere. And I, and it also something, there's something about, there's another guy named Alex, uh, Freeberg who is okay. a, he's a data analyst and you can find him on LinkedIn and he has like a really big YouTube channel, but he basically built, um, if you want to become a data analyst, you can watch his YouTube channel. He has like hundreds of hours of YouTube videos and it's like kind of like this comprehensive program. on like become a data analyst. And I don't, you know, like that something about the idea of like putting, putting my knowledge out there just in general really appeals to me. And so I want to finish this like SQL tutorial um, a part of me is like, oh, maybe I, I, I want to build the rest of like, what does it take to be a data engineer? And I think the, the, the thing that is going to direct my attention most is like, people reach out to me on LinkedIn and they ask me questions. And if people are asking me questions about stuff, that's probably what they want to know. That's probably what I should like do. So I think, I, I know that's kind of a non-answer I just gave you. But, no, it totally is. I mean, um, I, I think it's kind of great that you have a little bit like, uh, you know, some market intelligence of people reaching out to you with these questions that spur then ideas. I mean, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, David, what was the, um, the whole job search process for you after graduation or even during graduation? What, what did that look like for you? Yeah. So I applied to a bunch of jobs, you know, the way everybody does, like I applied to lots of things on LinkedIn. I tried to find things on other job aggregators. I also applied to jobs through, there's like a I can't remember exactly the name for it, but I think like the GCMC at Baruch has like a job website. Um, And there are a number of companies that like Baruch has really good relationships with. Like I worked at at Pitney Bowes for an Mm -hmm. internship during my degree. And I know like Baruch has a great relationship with Pitney Bowes. Um, So I applied to, um, I only got two interviews. One of them was a job that I applied to through the GCMC website. Um, And then the other one was my, my current job where I got, I got, hired. Um, and I got that one through a referral. I know somebody who works at the company and, and yeah. I applied and got a referral. Um, you know, and, and so the, the, like, I'll say here, like leveraging your network, right. Is the, is the common advice. And in my scenario, it's like, well, I have a referral and I have the GCMC, that's my network. And that's, that's what led to interviews for me. Um, if that hadn't worked out, I would have probably had to just continue applying to lots and lots and lots of other positions. Um, you know, but, but I, I think I got, I got really relatively lucky in that, I, I got some quick wins for, you know, like, I think it was in the summer, like soon after I graduated, I was interviewing um, and I started my current job, I think in August. Oh, wow. Okay. So that was, that, that sounds like it was quick. Mm-hmm. In your interviews for the, that you had for roles, were there common questions that were being always asked of you? Yeah. So for, for data engineers specifically, there's definitely like a SQL technical interview round where okay. they ask you like common SQL questions. The one that everybody always asks is like, what's the difference between the where clause and the having clause. Okay. Um, and so if you're, if you're going to be having data engineering interviews, you should look that up. You should know the answer. <laughs> um, but basically like for data engineering, you need like a base, you need a base skill set in SQL for sure. And then of course, also in like, they want you to have some Python knowledge, but SQL is really the bread and butter and then cloud technologies. Um, 
And okay. it doesn't matter as much like which cloud platform, but just that you understand how to do things at scale using cloud resources. Because if you know one, you can learn the others. But they want right. to know that you understand how how the cloud is different than like an on-premise system. And it is a bit of a different, there's a difference in adjustment. Excellent. Um, well, congrats on that entire process. That's, that's, that's fantastic. Um, David, what have we not talked about that you think is important still to, uh, still to mention? Oh my gosh. I, I wish I <laughs> had thought of that. I don't, I don't know if I have any other exciting, uh, tidbits of wisdom to share, but, um, I, I would just say I, I, I did have a really great experience at, at, Baruch and it was like uh like hugely pivotal in in helping me shift my mm. career and and I think the, you know if I had to give like blanket advice to anybody who is currently in you know college or graduate school is like you know like take this time that you're in school and think of it as this like very special time in your life where you're kind of like a butterfly and you're, mm. you're a caterpillar you're going into the cocoon and you're just you're like I I took as much out of Baruch as I possibly could and I like learned as it became like it was like my number one priority for like an entire year and i think that like some of the success that i've had has been because i really took my learning seriously and i took everything i could yeah. out of the roof that i could find and i like i leveraged it like i didn't waste that time i didn't waste those people um and i think that like that i feel like was was the, it was the right choice and it paid off for me and so that's the advice i would give to, to somebody else and Fantastic advice. Love it. Um, thank you also for the shout out to the GCMC. Truly appreciate that. And that was not, um, that wasn't totally unnecessary. And to GBAP, I think they're going to be really excited actually <laughs> that they've got an alum who's, um, who, who got a lot of that, um, of, of your experience with the club. So David, truly appreciate the conversation. Um, and we hope to have you back on campus soon, um, or potentially even on another episode, uh, down the line too, depending on, um, on what you're doing. I think it's going to be a lot of great stuff coming from you. Yeah. Thank you so much, Justin. I really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. Talk to you later. All right. Thanks. Bye now. Thanks listeners for tuning into the GCMC podcast, where we look to get off the record thoughts and perspectives from individuals who have been hiring managers and in hiring positions in their careers. The GCMC is here for Zicklin MBA and MS students and alumni for their careers wherever they are. So be sure to stay in touch with us.